What is up? Welcome into No Credentials with Sean Leary. My name is Sean Leary. We are presented by Michelob Ultra. Shout out to you however you're listening, whether it's iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate it. Make sure you're drinking Michelob Ultra this awesome 4th of July week. I'm hitting you Wednesday, July 5th, after the festivities, after America, after your fingers are exploded off. We're back, baby. Hope you had a wonderful Independence Day celebration. We're going to get into it. I'll talk the ESPN layoffs. I'll talk the match on TNT. We'll talk a little Damian Lillard. I'll answer your questions in the mailbag. We'll get started with Daddy's Home right off the bat. Make sure you're emailing the show, no credentials with Sean Leary at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on Instagram. You want to chat at Sean Leary Bits. I'm also over on Facebook, Sean Leary Comedy. Always putting clippies out there every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Got one dropping later this afternoon. I got my coffee here. Mm. 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 Just delicious espresso. And then I've got my water. Uh, I'm feeling good after a nice long weekend. I don't necessarily love when Independence Day, 4th of July, America's birthday, the day we beat the Brits. I don't necessarily love that it's on a Tuesday this year. I felt like that kind of threw off the mojo. It kind of threw off the vibe. I think Monday is going to be your best day that it could land on. I think uh, that way you got the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday everyone's in lockstep and key on going out, partying, the barbecues, the parties, the trips, the lakes, the rivers, the oceans, the beaches, the poolies. I feel like if you have it on that Monday, it's lockstep that that whole weekend's going down, everybody's off. Uh, And then if you have it on that Friday, that's also perfect. You get the Thursday the 3rd, then you get the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it just feels like an, a lockstep and key big-time long weekend. Now, when you have it on the Tuesday, Monday gets completely lost in the shuffle. Uh, you don't know who's working. You don't know who's got business. Is it a paid holiday? Is it not? I don't necessarily think that many people had it off. I'd say it's more 50-50, whereas if it would have been Monday the 4th, everybody's got it off, and we're all ripping and roaring for that day. So it just kind of felt like there was that that – Eh, Sunday wind down into a Monday wind down. Okay, let's kick back up on Tuesday. It just never felt like a cohesive 30th, 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th. It kind of felt like it was the 30th, 1st, everybody kind of partied. And then on the 3rd, and then the 4th, it kicked back up. You couldn't really get that long, full. I don't know. I'm I'm putting it out there. If you want to email the show to discuss, no credentials with Sean Leary at gmail.com. Tell me how you feel about this. Uh, this, this idea of that, the Tuesday might be, I think Wednesday might be the worst possible day it could land on. Cause if it lands on a Thursday, some people just say, you know, take Friday off. But if it lands on a Wednesday or a Tuesday, you're kind of screwed in there where it just doesn't feel like there's any cohesion. And then if it lands on a weekend, if it lands on a Saturday, uh, it's a standard weekend. You don't really get any days off. You might get the Friday off, but I just, I would have loved if it was Monday where the fourth landed this year and then you just kind of roll through that but it just kind of felt like monday was just an ether day and then tuesday kind of and now today people are struggling to get back into it so how was the weekend how was the parties how was uh the lake did you tube did you pontoon did you jet ski did you crush several hot dogs 
Did you get your Joey Joey Chessy on? We um, Friday we got whisked away over to the Magic Castle. It's this invite only scene slash illusion hangout. It's so hard to explain. It is a comedy store, but for magicians. There's rooms all over the place. Uh, you, you you get past the bookcase. You go into the basement. There's some magic going on down there. Then there's a showroom over here. There's some magic going on. You go to dinner. I got the prime rib, bunch of Stellas. We were there from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. watching magic. Had a lot to drink. Couldn't Couldn't have been a better wedding gift from our besties. So shout out to them. And then Saturday we were at the aquarium, had the uh, had the comedy club pop up show at the aquarium. That was great. And then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, just really a lot of R and R, hanging by the pool, jonesing on the pool, that kind of stuff. Um, played golf on Tuesday, and then uh, just kind of hung by the pool. Just a lot of pool time, a lot of ultras, but nothing crazy. Didn't see any fireworks really. You know, we were maybe gonna, but if you do the day party into the nighttime, you got, uh, we didn't have anyone to drive, and just Anna and I, and I didn't feel like taking an Uber to go see fireworks and then coming back. So, got to bed at a decent time and up and at it today, ready for another week. Let's get it. And speaking of the 4th of July, that's how I want to start Daddy's Home. So, if you were listening last week, or if this is your, if you were not listening last week, and this is maybe the first time you've ever stumbled upon No Credentials with Sean Leary, I want to start something. Uh, and I started it last week where each episode has a the- thesis statement, a mission statement, similar to Skip Bayless's Not To Be Skipped or Scott Van Pelt's One Big Thing. Kind of like the the one takeaway or if you're going to remember one thing from the show, maybe this is it. Um, and that's called Daddy's Home. So that's going to be the first segment. And this week for Daddy's Home, I want to talk about social media anxiety. This 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 seems to be something that you hear a lot about on some self-help podcasts. It's in books. It's on the news. It's 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 on social media accounts, ironically. But social media anxiety is one of the biggest. Is culprit a word? But it's a it's a massive thing affecting this country. Depression and anxiety is up. I mean, two hundred fifty percent, three hundred percent in Gen X, in Gen Z, millennials. Um, and we, there's only one finger to point and that's at social media. What happens is you get on social media hoping to, Oh, what's going on? Maybe I'll feel better about myself. But in reality, what you do is you end up going on social media, you see what everybody else is doing. And then you compare, you look at what your life is in reference to their life. You get jealous, you get FOMO. That is Essentially, why influencers are the way that they are. They influence so that you feel left out and want to purchase that product. It is one of the if A, then then B, therefore C's of the economy in this country. Social media rippeth away. Social media taketh away. It give. Social media give can really help with events, selling tickets, creating awareness, raising funds. Social media giveth, but it, man, does it taketh away. And nothing stood out to me more this weekend than Michael Rubin's 4th of July white clothing party in the Hamptons that every famous person got the invite to. I'm talking Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Kim Kardashian, Devin Booker, Jay-Z, Beyonce, Jack Harlow, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Damar Hamlin, the biggest of the big are out in the Hamptons at the white party. Now, they dropped 
it felt like all of the photos got dropped today showing off everything that happened over the weekend. And also coming out of the weekend is just all of these, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Reports and or articles, studies, podcasts, episodes, discussions, YouTube clips of, you know, why is depression and anxiety so heightened in the in the younger generations? And and what can we do to change that? And I just want to look at this this type of this type of thing with the Reuben and the Fourth of July. What did we expect? We're gonna put all this stuff out there. And these are the tops of the top in the entertainment industry, in the business, people who can truly make a difference with, you know, setting the tone. What do we expect when we put out photos from the most exclusive party on the most exclusive weekend in America, the hardest thing to get to? You'll never be there. You'll never, ever be that famous. You'll never be able to replicate this. This is just a tailspin waiting to happen. And you want to know how I know and how I feel is that as soon as I saw all that, that's what I I felt bad. Why on earth are we heading over to social media and feeling anything other than, oh, that's cool. Because this is where we're at in society. It, 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 I don't really necessarily know what can be done about this situation. I don't I, I I truly do not know. But if we're gonna sit and have all these discussions and and bring it to the Supreme Court and bring it to the to uh, the government and politics and man, what are we gonna do? Mental health, mental health. We constantly discuss mental health. We constantly are worried about it. It's this. This is the kind of stuff. When you see the biggest party in the world with people that you strive to be on the same level as, with people that you want to bump elbows with, you see this, you are going to feel that way. Wow, I feel less than. Wow, I have FOMO. Wow, I'm missing out. Wow, my life isn't where I want it to be. Wow, I'm comparing. This is just what it does. When you when we have this coordinated social media attack from the NFL, the NBA, Rubens team, the Fanatics, Kardashians, Hamlin, Brady, everybody purposefully and sporad- not even sporadically, right on the date, right on the time, we're all going to drop these photos. That is what it does. It creates this uh, massive insecurity in almost everyone that wasn't at that party. I know you got to put out the business. Look at what we do. All the brands. This is what the economy is in this country. I just don't know what we expect. I don't want to hear any more stuff about mental health or the state of the Gen Z, Gen X. How could you have so much anxiety? It's this stuff. It is this kind of stuff. When there is the most exclusive situation in the world and it's purposely showing that you can't be there. Not even if you have money can you be there. That throws out a sense of purposelessness. No matter how hard you work, no matter how much money you spend, you ain't getting into this one. And I think that's what social media has sort of evolved into. I've seen social media clips of of guys on podcasts just saying, if you're not a millionaire, you're a douche. If you don't have a Lamborghini, I don't even know what you're doing. This is where we're at. It's rough. It's sad, and I don't like it. I I don't necessarily know what we can do here, 
Because social media giveth and social media taketh away. That's what did we expect with this kind of this? This is going to lead to the bad. This is then why we get the bad. Does that make sense? Are you following me? This could just be me, a little bit of FOMO, a little bit of I don't feel good. But man, when I saw that, when I saw all the coordinated posts from the NFL and all of it, look at all these famous people hanging out. Look at you. Look where you're not. And then comparing your life. How is anyone not going to do that? You know what I mean? Who's not going to look at their their uh, hot dog and Doritos in their apartment watching Independence Day for the 17th time doing nothing? How's you know what I mean? Like this is only going to make a lot of people feel crappy. You know what I mean? And I know I might be taking this from a personal approach here and not loving, you know, how I'm not at a dope ass, cool ass Michael Rubin fanatic Hamptons party, but this just kind of opened my eye to we we have our answer to depression and social media anxiety. It's this kind of stuff. It's this stuff a 19 year old is gonna is gonna flick that open not feel good about it and change the trajectory of their day like this is what the millennials and gen z and gen x and everybody that's under 30 right now is dealing with i saw i saw bill maher talking to i can't even remember it's some disney channel nickelodeon star and this but she was basically just explaining to him that she's got anxiety and bill goes about what this is the stuff it manufacture it manifests as oh a I saw a social media post b I'm sad that my life is not like that c I'm going into a certain mentality now because of that you see how that circles you know what I mean like it just is one revolving door of sadness and insecurity and sadly I'm not someone that can get off social media it helps me you know do business in the entertainment field. So I know this all has to be there. I just need to know how to deal with it. And I'm just kind of sick of the whole narrative of social media anxiety about what? Depression about what? It's real. It's here. It's affecting this country. Social media is bad and good at the same time. I don't know what to do. Discuss this with me. No credentials at Sean Leary. No credentials with Sean Leary at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Instagram at Sean Leary Bits. Ironic to hit me up on Instagram, right? But this is just food for thought. That's why I wanted to have it as Daddy's home. I guess I just am. I want it to be. I, what I want to. What did we expect? If we're gonna have another study and another petition and another bulletin and another bill and this and that about depression in the youngsters and anxiety, it's this crap. This is the stuff. This is the stuff. Okay, moving along here. So I want to talk about the ESPN layoffs. So obviously, you know, Pat McAfee signed with ESPN, which was a shocker to me. Um, With the clientele that he has, with the people who listen to his show, and the majority of the people that listen to his show don't have sleeves, are wearing swim trunks at their job. It's, 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 it's not the highest brow crowd, and, if, and I, it's just a fact. It's just a fact. So the fact that he goes to ESPN, which I would consider most of his listeners, a good majority of his listeners to consider woke, quote unquote woke, uh, because of the Black Lives Matter movement during 2020. I, I, I support Black Lives Matter with all the NFL players. You know, he's a former NFL player. This was shocking to me that he would go to ESPN. 
that he would go Disney. He and his constituents, he's not a politician, the people that follow him and are obsessed with him, and he goes to Disney, the direct competitor to one of the top conservative candidates in the country, I'm shocked that he went to ESPN. Shocked. Now, I've heard some stories that potentially it's because he doesn't now have to produce it. He doesn't have to pay people. Uh, When he was with FanDuel, it sounded like it was all out of pocket. Um, He was fronting everything. So now this feels more like a, hey, we'll pay you to just do your thing, which I I would rather that. But for him to – it just feels like – you know, maybe I'm wrong and I'm not – I'm not – I don't listen to his show enough. But just him going to ESPN feels like – it just feels so – it's like Hillary Clinton going to do a new a show on Fox News. I know that's not a great um, – that's not a great comparison, but that's where my mind goes. Just When I think of ESPN Disney, the last guy I think of is Pat McAfee and A.J. Hawk disrupting the NFL coverage business. It, it just shocks me. Anyway, so he's coming in. You know, they paid a fortune for Troy Aikman and Joe Buck last year. They got no money. Because their subscribers are going down. The financial situation is getting worse. Income is low. You know, I read something that they're getting more views on social media than the actual channels. Um, And, you know, with how streaming is going, nobody has ESPN. They got no money. Like, ESPN is the one cord-cutting kind of place that's struggling the most right now. ESPN Plus, nobody's streaming it. Live games, they get the NFL, Sunday Night Baseball, Monday Night Football. Um, so they got to make some changes here. They got to they got to get some coin. They got to they got to free up some some life. Um, so they're canning everybody. Everybody's getting canned. Susie Colbert, Steve Young, Jason Fitz, Max Kellerman was a shocker. Just a huge salary. Keyshawn Johnson, shocker. Now that is my biggest the Keyshawn aspect of it all is is a shocker. So him and Kellerman had the flagship morning show on ESPN. No idea where that goes. Does that go to Greeny now? But I'm shocked at Keyshawn because I think Fox is gonna is gonna scoop him. This is a this is a loss for them. I think them losing Keyshawn is a big time loss. He's this a staple of Los Angeles. Um you had him on the flagship morning show. This guy says exactly what he feels. If 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 Skip Bayless goes across from Keyshawn Johnson on Undisputed, ESPN is going to be is going to be in trouble. Um, because who are you putting next? Ever since Kellerman left First Take, it has not been the same. There's nobody talking about First Take. They bring in Mad Dog. That's the only time they ever get just an iota of interest, and that's just because he's similar to Skip Bayless. You know what I mean? So losing Keyshawn at ESPN, I think that's going to be massive. I, I truly think that will be a massive loss. Steve Young, Susie Colbert on Monday Night Countdown, whatever. I'm fine with it. Not They, they don't move the needle much for me. But Keyshawn, I think this is a guy that Fox is going to grab. Somebody's going to get Keyshawn, and it's going to be big. I think Keyshawn and Kellerman are their biggest losses. I mean, Max Kellerman's got to go to Fox. He'd be a fool not to, or maybe there's a fan duel or somebody like that that wants to make a big play for him. ESPN just hasn't given him enough. You know, he kicks ass with around the horn. He's got Max on boxing. This just in, they're canceling that. They kick him off first take. I hope Kellerman rises. I hope he gets over to Fox or FanDuel or something 
something else. Paramount Plus, Showtime, I don't know. Get Somebody snatch up Kellerman and NBC Sports. Make him a big offer. This guy's a star. Just like Keyshawn. The, the city of Los Angeles is obsessed with Keyshawn. You get a Keyshawn in L.A. Sh- I, I just I think he's going to Undisputed. I really think Undisputed could be Keyshawn Johnson versus Skip Bayless. I really do. Keyshawn's a lot like uh, Shannon, former player, says what he means. Now, he doesn't have the debate skills that Shannon does or the energy, but I think Keyshawn could kick some ass with Skip Bayless on Undisputed. Shoots in L.A. We know Keyshawn likes L.A. Um, So, yeah, the transitioning of streaming, you know, Disney owns ESPN, Disney owns Hulu. They're trying to figure out the sports and the streaming. But I just keep hearing this. People aren't watching SportsCenter anymore. They're getting their highlights on YouTube. We don't need anchors. We uh, ESPN laid off Ashley Brewer, whose wedding is like in a week. It's just ESPN's not doing well. It's not a great company. Not not necessarily has it really ever been. Um, not a huge fan anymore. A lot of the programming is just not nearly. It's just all debate-centered when in reality I could use something different. We're just at that point where we could use something different. Um, so I feel bad for all the colleagues of uh, Keyshawn, Kellerman, and them that got canned. It sounded like it was just a mass exit of just everybody, essentially, you know, aside from Stephen A. and a couple of the other big dogs. Um, so that's a bummer. That's a bummer. But I think Keyshawn's going to wind up on Undisputed. Okay. So I saw this article that the match on TNT was – uh, just cratering in ratings. Now, if you remember the first one, it was Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson. Or no, it was Tom Brady and Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson and Peyton Manning. I don't know. Brilliant. Crushed. That was in the pandemic. We had nothing else to watch. Of course, those ratings are going to crush. And then in the following summer, Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson, Bryson DeChambeau, and Aaron Rodgers crushed coming out of the pandemic. Now, the last two, you got Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Now, that's a compelling one. Ratings did okay. Now, this year, it's Steph Curry, Clay Thompson versus Mahomes, Kelsey. It was on a Thursday at 5.30 in the afternoon just before the 4th of July weekend. Again, what did we expect? Man, it's just so convenient how if somebody doesn't like an idea or an author of an article or this, this, and this can frame something to be completely bogus. The ratings had nothing to do with the product or what we're doing or what we're trying to accomplish or growing golf or growing football or growing startup. It has everything to do with the fact that it was put out at Thursday at 5 o'clock on the West Coast right before the 4th of July. What did we expect? This is the kind of stuff I don't get. Of course it's going to crater. You got no Brady. You got no golf stars. You have non-golf stars doing a golf event right before the biggest holiday in this country that is in the summer. I I, I just, of course. And then we're going to put out a, we're going to put out an article by a non-TNT representative, no one involved in Turner Sports, that's going to try and skew that this thing isn't good, that they don't want this. That personal opinion is then out there for other people to grab onto and see, oh, wow, the ratings, they got to cancel this. They got to stop doing it. All because just some writer, reporter, outlet doesn't want it anymore. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is like, that is not okay. 
It's up to TNT, the people involved. Get the ratings. Put it on a Saturday. Do it in September. Like, do it in the spring. Do it when when people are watching stuff. Frustrating. Because I love the match. I think the match is great. I think if you were to get rid of it, that would be a massive mistake. It just is. It just uh, every you can write an article and have arguments for every argument. You can you can find stuff for this and find stuff for that to support your argument. And so that's what this is. I just I'm 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 over all of like the ratings arguments. And of course, things are going to be different from 2020 because people's lives have changed. People are watching on this device. They're watching on that device. It's over here, this clip, that clip. I I just, I'm so sick of that discussion of just, oh, 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 yeah, down, it's down, it's down, it's down, it's down, it's down. Something that actually is down is the NBA ratings. So they need to get some more stars. Denver and Miami being in the finals was a disaster for the ratings. That I am buying. Now, everything is up in terms of digital, but I don't know if they necessarily like that. College basketball is more tr- when people tune in, it's in the tournament time, they're not they're older audience people. So that's why top top 10 basketball games, 7 of them are going to be the NCAA tournament. It's one and done. Now, if you get Lakers-Celtics in the finals, that's a different story. Okay, uh, we'll get to mailbag here. So just before that, Damian Lillard, do, do, how do we feel about him going to Miami? How do we feel about him going to Miami? I mean, are they instantly awesome? Uh, like, Because I feel like with the Heat culture, they should be able to replace Struess. They should be able to replace Vincent just through they already had those guys. You know what I mean? Like, they already made Struess and Vincent good, so let's just have Caleb Martin and the next Struess and the next Vincent be good. You know what I mean? Like, So if you bring in Dame, you've got Dame, you've got Butler, you've got Adebayo. Are they healthy during the regular season? Do they try during the regular season? Do they get the four seed? But you know what you're going to get come playoff time. you got probably a top three coach in the NBA. Jimmy Butler somehow becomes Michael Jordan in the playoffs. Bam Adebayo is your beast and your rim protector. You bring in Lillard for crunch time, crush 18-point quarter, give me some threes, give me some leadership, give me that moxie. It's perfect for the city. I think this works. I think they would be the top team in the East. Just because I've already seen what Miami can do, the last three years they've been, last four years they've been right there. So now you give them a piece like this that's hungry. I like Miami. I like them over Boston. Miss me with this poor Zingas crap. I don't know if I've talked about this enough. Bringing in Porzingis and getting rid of Marcus Spart, that makes you worse. Porzingis is a losing player. Everywhere he's gone, he's lost, and he's lost the locker room. He's overrated. He will get hurt. And honestly, just getting rid of Marcus Smart, idiotic. This guy embodies the Celtics. He is the Celtics. He is Boston. And now he's going to go down to Memphis, and you're going to see. They're gonna they're gonna get over a little bit of a hump down there. Leadership, veteran presence. He's not afraid of anybody. He was the Celtics. I I don't see how getting rid of Marcus Smart and bringing in Kristaps Porzingis helps. Porzingis isn't gonna stay healthy. He's a stat filler who doesn't gel with the teammates. I really think if Miami gets Lillard, they're the top team in the East. Philadelphia is never gonna do anything with these guys. It's just Philadelphia is a mess. 
Give me the the Heat to be real. I know they were real good this year, but even better with Lillard. I think they get back to the finals. You know, I I don't see Boston with Porzingis at all. All right, let's get into the mailbag. Ooh, ooh. Uh, okay. So if you want to email me, you can feel free. No credentials with Sean Leary at gmail.com. Or you can hit me up on Instagram. We can talk through the um, mentions. Get up in my mentions. At Sean Leary Bits. Uh, so we'll get to the mailbag. All right. This is from Joe in Sartell, Minnesota. Oh, cool. It's right outside of where I went to college. I went to college at St. Cloud State University Huskies. What are your realistic expectations for the Vikings this season? I notice how he put realistic. Realistically, I think they go nine and eight. Um, you sh- but what are your realistic realistic expectations? I think they go nine and eight. If I'm being realistic, Brian Flores coming in makes the defense better. Yes, I keep hearing that argument. It can't be any worse. A hundred percent. The reason I am so pessimistic on the Vikings and their record is because of the one-score games from the previous season. They went 13-4, and and I'm not kidding. They should have lost eight of those games. They should have. So that's like a five-win team. Do you get you get what I'm saying? Like, so I'm thinking that goes a little bit back more to the mean, and they go, you know, four and four in one-score games. So Four and four and one score games, that means you're going to lose and or win, you know, other games by more than a score. So I think, let's go through the schedule. I think we just we just realistically look at this because this is what he asked, realistic expectations. I think the offense uh, is a little, what's the word I'm looking for? I think the offense is going to be better. I think the defense is going to be better, but their record's going to be worse. Uh, the competition in the NFC is a little bit better this year than it was last year. Um, the Lions are a better team than the Vikings. The Packers could be a better team than the Vikings. The Bears could beat the Vikings twice. So I, 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 there's just no easy buckets, whereas last year it really did feel like, you know, give me give me a couple wins over the over the uh, Bill um, Jesus over the Bears that kind of thing. But they don't have Cook. Dalvin Cook's a home run hitter. Um, so the, I, I apologize. I do not think the offense will there. You're not going to have that home run hitter where he can just take it to the dish. Like we've talked about on this show a bunch of times. He saved their ass in a bunch of games. Okay. So of course they get the luckiest game of the season and get the bucks at home week one. We don't even know who's going to be starting for them. So they'll win that. Then it's at Eagles. They'll get their ass kicked one and one. And then they play the chargers. They'll lose that one and two Panthers. They'll win that two and two. Chiefs, they'll lose that two and three. Bear at Bears, they'll lose that two and four. 49ers, two and five. At Packers, two and six. Falcons, uh, three and six. Saints, four and six. Broncos, four and seven. Bears at home, five and seven. At Raiders, they should win that six and seven. At Bengals, they'll lose that six and eight. Lions lose six and nine. Packers at home, they win seven and nine. At Lions, seven and ten. Yeah, this is seven and they just their schedule sucks. Lions are good. I think the Packers are going to be better than you think. Lions are good. Play them twice. Bengals, one of the best teams. Broncos, at you. You think they're going to win at Denver? And this is in prime time. God no. Hell, they might lose to the Saints and Falcons. I mean, they don't have a cupcake. 
The Bucks is their only cupcake. I gave them a win at Panthers. Mm, they don't play well down there. And that's early in the season. They're definitely going to lose to the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Bengals, the 49ers. Thank God they don't play the Cowboys after last year's ass-kicking. They're going to lose to the Lions. <coughs> Excuse me. Lions aren't afraid of them. Bears and Packers aren't afraid of them. Kirk Cousins is in his last year with the Vikings. This could be a rough one. We could be in for a rough Vikings season. But I'm going to say 9-8, and 8-9 eight, eight and are my realistic expectations. But there's no – I just don't see any world where they're – double-digit wins, uh, like 11 or 12 wins. I just don't. There's no way. There's just no way I see that. They're not going to be a dominant team. And they weren't last year. They had a negative point differential. It just They were just probably the worst 13-win team in NFL history last year, so we got to come back to earth. They're just not going to catch every single break. I mean, is Christian Watson going to drop 50-yard touchdowns? Um, You know, it's just one of those. It, it just ain't happening, kids. All right. You were quick to dismiss this. Sorry, this is from Nick in San Diego. You were quick to dismiss the 49ers having a chance in Philly after Purdy and Johnson went down. But do you think the slippery field in Arizona cost Philly? Okay, so I'm not on this one as hard as I was, like railing against the uh, idea that the 49ers would win if they would have had a quarterback. I don't actually think anything of this whole field situation because both teams were playing on it. That's what I like. The Chiefs clearly didn't have an issue with it. Like, come up with, like, figure it out right away that the def, the, you know, you're not getting your pass rush and and scheme another way. That's that's where this just keeps coming back to. Jonathan Gannon was not good enough as the defensive coordinator. Like Lou Anarumo, when he was stopping the Chiefs, was a great defensive coordinator and had all the adjustments and made things work and didn't let things from the regular season show their ugly head in the postseason like Jonathan Gannon's defense was against crossing routes and motion guys wide open the the field turf had nothing to do with Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony being wide open you got cooked I'm sick of the Niners and I'm sick of the Eagles two teams that got cooked acting like they didn't get cooked or do it again and we ain't getting cooked you're up 10 points in the Super Bowl and you're complaining about the oh they told us to try different cleats I don't get this you got cooked the field was the same for both teams Chris Jones is an elite pass rusher as well Frank Clark used to be an elite pass rusher as well. They were able to move. If your quarterback doesn't fumble the ball, did, you're not complaining about the turf when your quarterback's fumbling the ball. And the D lineman for the uh, and or linebacker for the Chiefs picks it up and runs it in, no problem. I stop complaining about the slippery field. Every field has its nonsense. Every field is terrible. Every field is good. It's the NFL. I don't get this. You got a couple guys slipping all over the place, and this is the the talking point. No, they're trying to come up with every reason to not pin this on Jonathan Gannon going and taking a job with the Cardinals and not being a hundred percent locked in as the defensive coordinator for the Eagles. They they blew, the Eagles defense and scheme and prep is why they lost the Super Bowl, not the sip, not the slippery field. Yeah, it was slippery. Cool. They're painting all over stuff. There's murals all over the place. It's Arizona. It's a dry heat. Whatever. Cool. I'm not debating that it wasn't slippery. Figure it out. Adapt or die. 
It's a billion-dollar business. Let's go. You are the Philadelphia Eagles. Stop this crap. All right, this is from Jake in D.C. I noticed on social media you're golfing more. How's that been? What's your process? (laughs) Well, you got to trust the process, Jake. (laughs) Uh, It's been good. It's been up and down. So just to give you a window into kind of the golf acumen, I didn't necessarily grow up golfing. We would go every once in a while. Uh, the family, I have a couple good golfers in my family. Uh, but once I started uh, in a relationship with Anna, my wife, her brother, Eric, is a massive golfer. And he's a friend of the pod, used to host with him prior to him moving to Las Vegas. And he's kind of why I got back into it. You know, as you get older, you just become more into golf. It's just kind of a, a thing that happens. You have a little bit more money. You have a little bit nicer clothes. You like a little bit more downtime. So golf kind of presents itself as a fun way to get hammered uh, and not look like a total douchebag, even though you, you usually do. So that's kind of how I got back into or more excited about it. Now, I really only play par threes here in Los Angeles just because getting on an 18 regular course is just a lot harder. Post-pandemic, it's it's just exploded, obviously. And there aren't that many affordable courses out here in sunny Southern California. Sorry, I need a coffee break. So, you know, you get in where you get in. I went to this place called Weddington. Uh, it's a nine-hole par three that's gorgeous. It's in the hills of Studio City. It's 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 kind of run down and old, but that's what I love about it. It's just like right by Ventura Boulevard. You know, you can see the trees. You see the hills. There's this windy. It's gorgeous. There's a river off to the – it's just one of those that looks cooler than it actually is. Like when you actually play the greens, they're not that great. Uh, there's, a hu- there's always a huge line. You're hitting off pads, whatever, whatever. I love that. That's my jam. That's that's where I'll go if I want to play by myself. Now, if I want to play with a group or Anna, we'll go to the Van Nuys Golf Club. And that's a par three, but it's got 18 holes. So we go over there. It's about 19 bucks. We have a lot of fun. The thing that's a, a little bit dicey over there is some of the holes are a little bit longer. They're in the 130 to 140 range. So that's you using that eight iron, that seven iron. And it just it's it's tougher. It's just tougher than a lot of the other par threes I've played. The greens are so rigid. There's so many ridges and and divot marks and just this and that in the greens that the greens are hard. Like they're harder than uh, when we went and played for my groomsmen, all the groomsmen and I uh, and my dad and some other people went and played golf right before my wedding in Palm Springs at this gorgeous course called the Golf Club at Terralago, essentially a country club. The greens there were easier. I'm not I'm not kidding these greens at the municipal it was tough man it was like a it was honestly felt like uh mini golf there were a couple holes where it's like oh man that ridge like Anna had so many putts that at the last second just moved just cuz there was just some weird ridge it wasn't like a break in the hole so I've been kind of dealing with that trusting the process trusting the process been dealing with that over the Van Nuys Golf Club, or we'll go to the uh, Encino Golf Course and play 18 with carts, driving, use the driver, hit bombs, order beers, get hammered, go till sunset. That's kind of the process. Now I'm I'm doing well with my pitching wedge, my nine iron, uh, the 56 and 52 angled uh, wedges are are just are tough. That when you say how's hat been, Jake in DC, that's been tough. I can't use the 56 very well off of flat 
ground. So if my ball is in a very low, uh, either if it's in the fairway or it's somewhere where there isn't a lot of grass, I can't get under that some bitch. I cannot for the life of me figure it out. I need more prep. I need more driving range time. Uh, but I'm kind of, I just kind of get to the course and we just crack them and start going. I need more prep. I need more money in the bank account. This post wedding brokage being broke post wedding sucks because I can't get that bucket of balls on top of going to the course. I mean, I can, I just don't want to right now. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I'm pinching these pennies until I can get back to that dope ass spot that I want to be with these shows coming in. And being able to have all this fun and, you know, pay back my debts. So that's the process right now. Mostly par threes and occasional 18 at a real course. Uh, but I'm getting excited for Chips and Bits Comedy Golf Tournament back in South Dakota, the home state, the homeland, August 26th. We still have uh, signups available for some teams. So please come play some golf with us. we got challenges on every hole. Buffalo Wild Wings is coming out. Wooden Legs Brewing Company is coming out. We're getting sponsors. We're having a bunch of fun. Uh, and you can find out more over on my uh, website over at Eventbrite. You just type in Sean Leary. All right. Sexy. We're back, baby. July. It's summer. All right. Thank you for checking out the show this week. However you are listening, whether it is on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, uh, iHeartRadio, wherever you are. Really appreciate it. You can email me whenever you want. Get your mailbag questions in. I'm, t- I'm trying to do more mailbag this summer. You can email me at Leary at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on Instagram at Sean Leary Bits. Um, uh, and hit me up on Facebook, Sean Leary Comedy. Uh, just keep an eye on that social media anxiety. Try and remember Daddy's Home today. The next time you see something, you're like, damn, dude, that looks awesome. Try not to get anxious about it. Try not to compare just try to, you know, remember that this is why we're in the state of depression and anxiety throughout this country, especially in the younger kids. Social media, if you have kids, really look into this stuff. Really look at these, these maybe keeping them off or maybe having a talk with them prior to getting on and giving them the, hey, look, this is the do's, the don'ts. Um, I, I look for Keyshawn to get over to Undisputed. I don't have any in, insider information there. I know they're talking to LaShawn McCoy. They're talking to Nick Wright, Joy Taylor, potentially mat, matched up with uh, Skip, so we'll see. Uh, Lillard to the to the Heat would be fantastic. And, yeah, just email me. Get your questions in. We'll talk about them next week. Uh, I'm excited to be back on a regular schedule now, uh, and let's have a great summer. I appreciate all the support. Make sure you're drinking Michelob Ultra. You're drinking safely. Only having about 14 or 15 of them before you drive. You know, you want to be responsible. Uh, So thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. See ya.